and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that happens in the news explained by your two funniest friends, which is us. That's us. We read the news so you don't have to. And boy, if you were reading the news this week, you're, it was a rough you're, one. You're trying to read through a lot of tears. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously we're going to dive into everything, but before we get... Let's into talk about all some, of that. Some other things first. Yeah, let's talk about some stuff that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so Sammy, what's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Um, so I just got back from San Francisco. Wow. Like, in the wee hours of the morning. It was a whirlwind the, trip. It's a whirlwind trip to it was for the launch of IGTV at Instagram in San Francisco. And it was very cool. So Speaking of that, yes. we're right now recording our for our second yes. sub podcast for IGTV, which is very exciting. Yes. And this is where we'll be recording the podcast from now on. Instead of the live, you can check it out indefinitely, not just for 24 hours on IGTV. Yeah. And IGTV is basically uh, Instagram's new long form video platform. The videos can be longer than one minute. They can stay up. You, they, um, you have to update your app. To get yeah. it. They're rolling it out right now. So update your app and then wait patiently. Yeah, and just I, wait. <laughs> and IGTV will come to you. And then you'll be able to see the videos. It's right where like highlights would be, right? Yeah, it says IGTV. It's like where the first highlight is. Okay. So check so it out. So that's where you'll look for it. Um, I'm still waiting for my app to give me IGTV. It's going to happen soon. But I just told Sammy that I did get the mute button. Yeah. That deal. update has finally come to me and I muted Oh, God, I had a list of people in my mind who I was ready to mute, and I muted them. That's and, good. And I'm really, I'm really excited. Making progress every day. I know. Yeah. And if your app won't update, you can also download the IGTV app. It's a separate app in the App Store. Oh, By see, the way, I'm going to do they're that. They're not paying us to tell you all about this. No, we just, <laughs> We're just are excited. <laughs> We're excited. What's the Instagram headquarters like? Um, well, they were just building it. So oh. the one in San Francisco, it was like, brand new not even like fully done yet the one in new york is actually cooler because yeah. it's more finished are they like very instagrammable places there will be but there weren't when uh, we were there okay but the the place where the event was was pretty instagrammable although there was not amazing lighting like there was not ring lights mm -hmm. everywhere so i didn't get like a good insta that i thought was worth posting posting you gotta also, get the lighting also i was feeling like really bad about the migraine kids all day and i, <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm so serious and yeah. i was like i was like oh, i was embarrassingly going back to my room to cry like between oh, events i'm like know, it was like, it was like let me watch the news and then i'll also cry because I'm, I'm watching it and i would just like go back and forth and the whole time i'm like oh, i feel so bad like instagramming yeah. like my meal yeah just being like here's like a room full of glitter that I'm in. Like, while yeah. also this stuff is going on. I feel you. It's hard. Like, you know, I have like personal things to like promote and shows and stuff like that. And yeah. it's hard to do that when you're like, also like, but also call your Senator. Like, right. Like I'm like, come to my show, but also call your Senator. Right. I like, didn't know how to balance that. Like, Oh, I'm having a great fun time. And like, just to yeah. be on social media. And like, this is a cool new Instagram product. And then it's like, Oh, call your Senator. Yeah. And Speaking yeah. of coming to our shows, though. Yes. We, we have, do have a show. <laughs> yes. So the Betches Sup and, and, our, and our new Betches podcast, Everyone's Gay, are teaming up to host a live show, mm -hmm. which will be on Tuesday. Tuesday, June, June 26th. At the Public Hotel in New York City. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a really fun time. We're going to be talking about 
the news of the day. We'll mm-hmm. be doing like a normal rundown of the news. Then we'll be playing. Then we're going to be answering an everyone's gay listener email. Yes. With two special guests, Laura Benanti. Oh, she's who so good. You know from our Insta story and we love her. Yes. And she plays Melania on Late Night with Stephen Colbert. She's like one a Tony. Yeah. She's amazing. It's insane. And she's like really nice. And she's really nice. We and like cool. her too. And Dylan Marin. Dylan Marin, who's such a funny comedian. He has a podcast called Conversations with People Who Hate Me, where he like gets people to talk to like actually meet and have human interactions with the people who have trolled them online, which is wild. Very exciting. I know he's great. He, and I, he's done a Ted talk, which is like the most impressive thing I can think of for a person to do. Well, there's the Nobel peace prize, but you know, Ted talks are on the way doing a Ted talk. Right. Is is right below. (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah. yeah. So you can buy tickets at betches.co slash sup EG live. They're $15. Um, That's like, so cheap. That's so cheap. And then there's like an awesome bar. We're going to do an intermission in the middle so that you can like get up, get drinks, all of that stuff. I'm going to do a little stand up oh, yeah. on it. Uh, Chris Burns, aka Fat Carrie Bradshaw, is also going to do a drag performance yeah. for us. We're going to play a ton of games, Would You Rathers and Impeach and Door Select. And it, there's going to be a bunch of audience participation. Yes. So you guys can be part of the part of the show. Yeah. And we're going to have a great time. It's going to be so fun. You will you will get away from your Twitter feeds for a minute mm-hmm. and just experience some, you know, some in laughter. life IRL commiseration. Yes. And laughter. So please come. <laughs> if you're in New York, please come. Yeah. Elise, what's getting you through the week? What's getting me through the week is actually something that happened yesterday. Um yeah, ABC has now had to apologize because they ran a Chiron uh, Which is the is things on the bottom. The thing on the bottom. For those not Chiron. I think Chiron. I'm not sure. But either way, the little headline on the bottom of a story that they were running read, Paul Manafort pleads guilty to five charges of manslaughter. Which is completely not correct yeah. at all. Um, I don't know. Like, how did that happen? I have a feeling the person who was like, look, at the end of the day, all these things are just people who are like responsible for doing their jobs. And if there's a mistake, it's just that the person's brain was like somewhere else. And and either there's a person in place to check it who wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Which is like me when there's a subtype, a typo in the sub. Exactly. It's just like, oh my God. (laughs) And it's so crazy because it's like you read things so many times. And then as soon as you send it, you're like, oh my God, there's a typo. What did he plead? He did plead guilty to five charges of something or how Uh, many charges? To some, did he plead guilty? Maybe I like literally the, didn't even look this maybe up. Maybe the just conservatives like, have planted a mole. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> so funny to me that it said manslaughter. That's so ridiculous. And then now, of course, Trump immediately hops on this. He's like, look at what the fake news has done. Like, when am I going to get, when am it's I going to? It's not a great look. No, it's not a great. I mean, it is bad. Like they definitely, it's pretty crazy for, that's a huge mistake yeah. for them to run. Um, ABC, you really fucked us all over yeah. there. I mean, and it also like totally fuels his fire of like, look what they did running this crazy thing. Right. But they did issue a correction immediately and were like super apologetic. But then also freaking Sean Spicer gets on Twitter and is like, well, when are you guys going to apologize to POTUS and like the White House for all this stuff? And I'm like, you're not even in the White House. Why are you sucking up to him? No. And also like you <laughs> Maybe he's hoping he can get his job back. lied every single day of your job and you did it purposefully and you've never apologized. So like if I, if they, if I totally think that ABC should apologize for that, but I like do not think that they need to take shit from fucking Sean Spicer about it. Sean Spicer is trying to get his job back. 
that much is is clear to me that he they didn't want him back at the Emmys. They no. didn't want him back at and the. And no one's going to buy his stupid book. Yeah. Why would you buy? Unless your book is like called Why I Did It. And it's like the political version of OJ Simpson's book. Yes. I will not be reading that. But speaking of reading, I have a new book that I just received in the mail today. It's called The Trump Family. Or no, it's called Born Trump. It's like Inside the Trump Family. It's by this Vanity Fair reporter, Emily Jane Fox. And oh shit. Even if just the back cover is looking good and the one little fact that she teased this morning on Morning Joe. What was the fact? Um, shit, it was like, oh, it was that Donald Trump told his friends when Ivanka was 15 that if she, that she should get breast implants to jumpstart her modeling career. Amazing. So um, that happened years ago, but it goes so great. Yeah. When That's she was so 15. nice. So that was a, so I look forward to reading this book. You can check it out on our story. When it goes up yeah. shortly. I love reading books with you. <laughs> I, love, I love reading books with my audience. Like maybe I should start a separate Instagram that is me just reading. Sammy reads. <laughs> yeah. I would, I truly would follow that. Honestly, that would I, be I do it a lot and I get a lot of joy out of doing it and sharing the, the beautiful things I read with people. So, um, yeah. Well, that's great. Should I'm we excited. Get into the news? We should get into the news. Okay. At least um, I'll let you, I'll let you yeah, headline. I'll, I'll kick us off. So, Yesterday, our president, our dear president, Donald J. Trump, signed an executive order effectively ending the practice of separating families at the border. Um, So basically, after weeks of telling us that only Congress can solve this problem and saying that it's the Democrats' fault, he went out and signed an executive order. Like he, I feel like this is one of the quickest turnarounds of his lies. Like, I feel like usually he gives it like a week or a month for us to forget, but this one he had to flip so quickly that I actually do believe that people have not forgotten. (laughs) Like for once, I think that actually people are like, wait, but didn't you say yesterday that only Congress could do this? So he signed this executive order, which is, First of all, it's kind of silly that he signed it in the first place because actually he could have just, as Lindsey Graham said, as many legal scholars said, he could have ended the practice with a phone call. It wasn't really necessary to sign an executive order, but I think he wanted to make it seem like he was doing something helpful. You know, he likes to like have a little sheet of paper that he can hold up and be like, see, I did it. Yeah, he likes to sign things. He wanted to make it seem like he was (sighs) doing, like that he was taking some big action, I think. And... And he likes to sign things. The executive order is titled Affording Congress an Opportunity to Address Family Separation, which is so funny to me because it's like he couldn't even just do this thing and be a nice person about it. He had to like get a subtweet in there. Like he had to find some kind of way to perpetuate his lie. Yeah. Who do you think? I bet you Stephen Miller wrote that. He didn't think of that. No. Um, Stephen Miller must be so pissed off. Honestly, these people are so sick that I... I feel truly disturbed by the people in this administration that there are people and that they have somehow made it into power and that they think that you can like, look, I have not had the righteous indignation on a podcast yet about this, but like I, I can't stand these fucking people. I'm so upset about it. And the, the fact that they would deflect and not own the fact that this was them. Like if you're going to do, if you're going to do this, Fucking own the fact that it was your yeah. idea, which Stephen Miller tried to do. Like, like to, that you made know. me 
feel more positively about him because at least he admits that at he, least he admits that he wants this whereas but then it's like they come into this problem where it's like Stephen Miller is talking to the New York Times about how he drafted the policy but then at the same time Kirsten with a J is out <sighs> here saying that it's not a it's not a new policy so it's like they can't they they can't get their lies straight they don't know Right. Like, Why don't you just tell the truth and be like, we don't give a fuck about anyone but ourselves. Yeah. And therefore we're totally cool with locking kids in cages. You heard? Yeah. Like, like they just couldn't. Well, I, I don't even know what they expected. Like, I think that maybe they, they thought, thought they were no going to do find this out. and we wouldn't find out and people wouldn't care. But then that picture of the crying girl came well, out. What that tells me is that there's so much more than we even know. Like, remember a month ago when there was that story about the missing, the caravan yeah. of like missing, not caravan. I don't want to mess up the word caravan yeah. with that other story. There was like 1400 missing kids. Yeah. Where they like couldn't locate yeah. their whereabouts. So I have a feeling that there's 2000 kids that they're like aware of that were taken that, that we're like calling the number. Yeah. But I bet you there's actually more. I bet there's 1,400 missing. Yeah. And we know about that, but like we've forgotten about it and haven't spoken about it in a while. And then I bet you there's probably at least a thousand more somewhere yeah, that, have not been, that have not been accounted and for. And then there's the legit unaccompanied minors, the ones that weren't taken. Like, so they're still in these facilities too, which like, right, I, but it's a more complicated issue there because they were unaccompanied when they arrived, but it's like, they're still in the facilities. Would they have been in the facilities like without this policy though? They would have been in the facilities. I think they were in the facilities under Obama as well, which right. is like, I mean, I don't like any of it. I don't like any of it, but at the same time, it, it's a government, it's like a government bureaucracy and they, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah. I mean, I think the issue when it comes to like it, the kids who actually show up unaccompanied, I think it becomes a lot more complicated and difficult, which actually we'll get into a lot of that breaking down this executive order. Um, so, Basically, we wanted to talk about like what the executive order does, what it doesn't do, um, all of that stuff. So basically, the executive order, and I'll be reading this so that I get it right, uh, simply directs the administration to do the thing that they said they couldn't do, keep children along with their parents in immigration detention while the parents are prosecuted and while the family's immigration case is resolved. So basically now, instead of putting them separately, we're going to detain them together. Um, the Trump administration is hoping that this will result in them being speedily deported, but they also basically are reserving the right to detain them indefinitely. If I were them, I like might want to get deported. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm well, like, yeah, at that point I, but beyond, I would rather be, I mean, it's such a hard decision because it's like, where are they going to go back to? Like they, obvi they obviously already made this decision to flee for like a reason, but right. it's better than I would think it's better than being detained indefinitely in one of these facilities. But I also like at that least they're with their kids, though, like like the, the thing that made this whole situation so harrowing is like I kept thinking yeah. like if I, like th imagine like you as a kid, like being taken from your parents and not knowing if you will ever see them again. Yeah. And like that deep fear, like when you can't take care of yourself, also, you've never... you never speak English. Like oh, you yeah. don't even know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. At That's all. what's so harrowing about it. And, but I think that when you think about like, at least when I picture like whatever people being detained with their kids, which is still really sad, but at least they're like the parent together. can take care of the kid and yes. be like, it's okay. We're here together. But it's when they're, when they're yeah. separated that it's like, 
deeply, deeply traumatizing. It's and definitely better to have them together than apart. But I, I made this analogy in the SUP newsletter recently. It's kind of like that episode of Queer Eye with the like stand up guy. Oh, and they're yeah. like, okay, we're going to move you from the guest bedroom next to your parents' uh, bedroom to the basement. It's like that is an improvement. But there's like, it's still not great. Yeah. <laughs> like you're still living in your parents' well, basement. Well, I saw this. I saw this meme that we actually just put up. I put up on the sub that was like, like by detaining, by taking the kids away from their parents, what they ultimately ended up with was a solution that they wanted all along, which was just to, just to imprison people of color indefinitely. Yes. So that, which they got, that's like Jeff Sessions fucking wet dream. That's and they, his, his yeah his wet dream (laughs) um that's definitely what he like dreams about daily um so another thing that the executive order doesn't do or doesn't lay out and that we don't have any answers for is what we're going to do about the kids who are already separated yeah because they so basically the the parents and the kids are under different like when they're separated they're they belong to different departments and I don't know exactly what those two departments are, but they're I think different it's DHS and the DOJ. Yeah. Like you said earlier, Yeah, I think that it is, but I just don't want to say if I don't know for sure they, so those two agencies like haven't coordinated with what's happening. A lot of these kids, obviously, you know, we talked about these like tender age shelters, which were for like the babies AKA and toddlers. Babies. I will. Ref- I refuse to use the word tender age. I know. You're talking about a baby. a baby. It's literally a baby. A baby. Like they can't identify who their parents are. The parents themselves are now in prison. So it's like, how are they going to get information to them? How are we going to get these kids reunited? We don't have any answers about that. You know what? I do have an answer. The Trump administration could, or Congress, whoever, could take a piece of a budget, and I don't even think it would be that expensive to set up a system, because it's not that many people involved in this yeah. that we're aware of. So yeah. let's say it's 2,000, but let's be generous and say it's 5,000. Yeah. So 5,000 people reuniting 5,000 people with 5,000 people who want to be reunited with yeah. them. It's not like these kids are like looking for their parents and their parents have purposely abandoned them and don't want to find them. It's no. not like with adoption where you have to like seek out the person. These people want to be reunited. Yeah. So like, if you give them an opportunity, like a centralized place where you can like have, like people can be registered into a system, then they can find each other. It really exactly. isn't that complicated. It's just not like, like literally you just have people to put money know, to it. People, the people who the parents know which kid is theirs. Yeah. So they will like, if we put up a database where you take a picture of every single one of these kids, I, I think any parent would actually go through and look at all 5,000 pictures. Like, like if we're saying 5,000, like uh, which the number they say is 2000, but let's say it's five yeah. as a parent you would look at every single one of those pictures. I'll look at 5,000 dresses on ASOS. Of course I'd look <laughs> through 5,000 pictures to find my own fucking kid. Yeah. Like, are you that kidding me? a great point. Yeah. Like, but the other thing is that some of these parents have actually been deported. So like we, there are some instances where the parent is no longer in the country. So it's like, but how, if there was like a website, let's say yeah. like findyourkid.com. Yeah. Like find your kid that we fucking let's get this Squarespace started. You start a gallery. It really does not have to be so complicated. I bet you that they could do it for like a million dollars, not including like the flight, like the the logistics of reuniting them. But the level of incompetence and the lack of desire to do it is so staggering. I just don't like, I don't care. I just don't. 
I don't trust them to solve that problem. So that's something that like all of us, all of us who've been active about getting them to stop the policy, we have to remain active about getting them to rectify as best we can. I mean, those, these 2000 children were, are now irredeemably traumatized. Like they're never going to be not traumatized, but we can mitigate some of that by actually actively working to get them reunited with the families that they were taken from. And I just, my fear since the executive order is signed is that everyone's going to be like, Oh, it's over. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, this isn't over. One aspect, one of the most horrific aspects of it has been happened already. Yeah. It happened already. We put a pause on that, but like these abuses are still happening. These families are now potentially going to be detained indefinitely because that's another thing about this executive order. So one of the reasons why, the separation was happening according to Kirsten and Jefferson and, I, and the whole gang. Fucking hate Kirsten. I, like I I've I I don't know why she like stokes my ire so much. Like to to an unreasonable extent. I like I wanna punch me, her in the fucking face. And I, I never feel that way about people. She has such like a snooty attitude in the <sighs> way that she like talks about things. And she was so like in her press conference, she acted so put upon. She was like, can we take a moment to think about all of the DHS workers who have been un- like, who've been like dealing with this blah, blah. I'm like, no, we can't take that like, moment. They didn't I'm have to deal so with this. sorry. I literally will not take that moment for you. Also, Kirsten with a J. Anyway, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, but one of the things that we're dealing with now is basically there's this ruling. It's a 1997 court ruling called Flores v. Reno. And it's determined, it's called the Flores settlement. And basically it was this ruling that said that kids can't be kept indefinitely in these detention centers. So that's why they were basically saying, Oh, we have to separate them because they were like, we can't detain the children the same way that we can detain the parents. So now that we're detaining them together, one of the things that this executive order does is it asks attorney general, Jeff Sessions to go to the courts and have them try to change their mind and declare it to be legal to detain families together indefinitely. And the Republicans in Congress are trying to pass a bill that will allow that to happen. So it's like, now we're they're like, oh, well, we won't separate the children anymore, but you have to change the law so that we can lock up these families forever and ever. And so we're basically begging Jeff Sessions to make concentration camps. Yeah. And, okay, I've heard people say, so, I mean, there's a lot. I'm always, like, one to cry Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> as, like, seriously, like, as my, my grandparents met in a displaced person camp, like, my mm-hmm. dad's own parents, they, like, mo- they they basically faced something very similar yes. to this where they had to, they couldn't get into America. They had to like move around. And my dad was born in Canada. And I think about this, like the analogy to concentration camps actually does apply here, even yes. though we're not at a genocide at this moment, because the Holocaust didn't start as a genocide either. It started as ghettos and then it became labor yes. camps. And then it became like mass burning of people in ovens, yes. but it didn't start out that way. And it didn't, it started out as like something like this, where it yeah. was like, where you're you you're trying to make the moderate thing and the moderate thing is lock people up. Yeah, where it's so like we're just going to get them away. We're going to squirrel them away where you're not going to see them anymore and you're not going to know what's happening there and like it's basically like a way to move these right. people out of the public eye and then you can start doing other things but and and this even is equivalent to like the ghetto phase like yes. the Warsaw ghetto in the Holocaust because yes. it's like put them in one place as a family and they think that they think that things are okay. 
And then who knows what will happen in a and year. And then it starts. And, and, and if, let's say, you know, you're one of the people who you're like, well, we don't want to, the Holocaust analogy, blah, blah, blah. It, it is, doesn't it, demean the Holocaust analogy. No. If anything, it prevents a Holocaust from potentially happening. And it's also absolutely analogous to Japanese internment, which is one of the oh, most yeah. shameful things that our country's ever done. It's like a stain on this country. We've literally had to like apologize for it. Like our government has had to make statements apologizing to people who were put in these camps. There's like long-term effects, psychological effects on children and families. And those families were together. Those were yeah. families who were together, but it's still, these detention centers are still the problem. So again, it's this issue where it's like, I'm just worried that because he signed this executive order to stop doing the most horrible thing, that now all these other slightly less horrible things are going to pass because the outrage passes. Also, they're controlling their own enforcement of these things. So just because they say that they're doing something doesn't mean that they're actually doing it. Like, for example, talking about like what was actually like a week ago, literally I sat in this room a week ago and listening to like Jacob Soboroff from MSNBC mm -hmm. reporting from the first one that, that, that people were allowed into. Yeah. The one with like the 10 to 17 year old boys yes. where it seemed like, oh, they go to school and they like they go to school six hours a day and they like get to eat yeah. three meals a day and they go outside. And what he described sounded like bad, but it didn't sound like the, what it's become, yeah. what has come out about it. And it just seems like things are getting, like the things that we're hearing are like worse and worse. Like this morning I read about how um, like these like 14 year old, like I think it was like 14 year old oh, boys yeah, were like- from the Daily Beast article? Yeah, they were like, they were like beaten- Yes. And, and they were like made to like sit in solitary confinement and they were like handcuffed naked and like hit and held down just all these really, really horrible yeah. things for no reason. Like what, what did they do? They're 14. Yeah. They came here because they were being forced to join a gang in their or threatened with death in their other country. And so Donald Trump spends all this time in, you know, talking about MS 13, how damaging it is. It's like, okay, well, if you want to save anyone from MS 13, these are them. These are the yeah. people who specifically did not want to join MS 13. Yes. They're coming to America. And also it's like, I mean, first of all, I wasn't fucking born yesterday, so I'm not going to believe 100% of what the government says about these places that they're like, Oh, like they're, they're nice. Like I don't buy that. Second of all, I don't really care if they're nice. I don't care if they have like a fucking Casper mattress for every single person. If you can't leave, if you yeah. can't leave, then it's a well, detention center. Well, I think like, that I think that where we were like a week ago is sort of like what Obama, like the Obama administration and what yeah. people had been doing is that when people come here and you don't know what to do, we, we have a social system with a very shitty budget because all yeah. the money goes to like bullshit. I mean, the conditions at Obama's camps were not good not good, either. Right, but but we weren't, I mean, we sit here and we're like, bring back Obama. Yeah. So to, I feel like it is unfair for us to be like, oh, well, like, like basically making a, like an equivalence. I don't, or yeah. Not like, make an equivalence. Yeah. I think like I've, I've been like struggling this, like this was something we were talking about uh, on our Slack channel yesterday where like, and I think that we talked about it on like a previous podcast, but it's like, you know, you keep hearing these arguments like, oh, this has been going on for a long time. This spans administrations. First of all, what has started happening now is different. Yeah. But second of all, like, I wish that I, I could go back in time and have been more active under Obama. And I wish that like, I wish that we could have cultivated all this outrage then and worked with an administration that had a lot more humanity to it. And then maybe we wouldn't be 
you know, then maybe we wouldn't have even even when we handed the reins over to someone who was way less humane, there would have been more protections in place. Well, I think things are too tribal in politics to allow us to do that because there's not really a safe space where Democrats can go to criticize their own without being like massively attacked. Republicans would never criticize their own. You can't do that in politics now. You can't criticize your own team. I know because that will just give the other team more ammunition and screw you over and you won't win. And then they end up in power anyway. Yeah. But I guess what I mean is just like the seeds of this have been sown for so long. And like the fact that we didn't put protections in place or solve our immigration crisis or do anything in previous administrations has allowed this administration that has a literal policy of cruelty to just like run rampant because nothing was solved before. So it's like, okay, well now like, now right. we're in charge and we're going to do all this crazy shit because you guys didn't put anything in place that says X, Y, or Z. Right. Well, the entire defense budget goes to uh, buying extra planes and like aircraft carriers that yeah. never get used instead of, you know, maybe actually making acceptable conditions along the border for people who come in yeah. for asylum. No, but we're, and, but, but okay. Yeah. We we can't afford to deal with any of this, but we can afford to make a space army or whatever the fuck Trump did at the beginning of this week. Please. And like, we're going to spend $25 billion on a wall that doesn't work because airplanes exist. Like it's just unbelievable. He, yeah. <laughs> like, he, he doesn't know about planes. Like he doesn't understand. <laughs> he only knows about his own plane. He literally thinks that every single person who comes to the U S illegally does. So like by just like running across the border, yeah, like that it's like, like a it's some game thing. of capture the flag. No, like many, many people, buy a plane ticket and then remain beyond their visa. Like that's how a lot, I mean, obviously, yes, there are people who do cross on foot and that is a, a large portion of people who come, but like you can get like planes. You can okay. get here other I, ways. I, I just want I mean, him to know about planes. Yeah. <laughs> are you listening? Um, so should we talk about our dear, sweet first lady daughter? Yeah. Ivanka. Yeah. So she tweeted something that deeply, deeply enraged me. Yeah. Thank you at POTUS for taking critical action, ending family separation at our border. Congress must now act and find a lasting solution that is consistent with our shared values, the same values that so many have come here seeking as they endeavor to create a better life for their families. The fucking nerve. I know. And because it's, he started family separation. How can you thank him for ending it? I mean, it's just this crazy. Thank you. Thank you for your pity. It's just this crazy thing where it's like you created, he created a problem. Then he's in a way sort of solved the problem that he created. And now we're supposed to praise him. And like, it's like an arsonist who calls the fire department. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's like an arsonist. I I didn't come up with that, but but that is, I heard it, but I kept seeing, I also kept seeing stuff on Twitter, like from like Twitter Republicans that were like, well, if Demo- if liberals don't praise Donald Trump after doing this, then they never really cared about the kids in the first place. And it's like, no, I'm not going to praise him. I'm not going to praise him for ending any- his own he- inhumane policy. Yeah. That's like that's like praising Hitler halfway through the look. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I want to be going through these Hitler yeah. comparisons because I feel like Hitler being so terrible sort of gives people and like Stalin and all those yeah. dictators sort of gives people like a, a level of like at least they're not. Hitler. Yeah. At least they're not Stalin. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. You can be inhumane anyway. I mean, and it's just, it's just crazy. Like, (laughs) yeah. And why should we praise him for ending a policy that he started to begin with? Also for just sort of like, he 
I mean, yes, he and is not going to separate it. them anymore, but he is just kind of moving the cruelty around. Like, he just, like, shook it up a little bit. Yeah. And, like, he decided, like, oh, we're going to do it different now. I mean, like, now they're basically using this as an excuse to be able to detain families indefinitely because there's this florist ruling that right. says ch- uh, accompanied children have to be released within 20 days. That's what the ruling says. So now they're like, well, if we're going to put them together and we're not going to separate them, we need to get rid of Flores, which Republicans in Congress are like 100% willing to do. The ghettos. So they're basically putting them in ghettos. I just want to say, because one of my favorite things to do is to psychologically analyze the president. The man, it's very clear to me why he thinks this is okay to do. Yeah. Because the man obviously never received any love from his parents, especially from his father. And because he feels so sad and so empty and so meaningless and so unloved, he's willing to inflict that exact pain on people just because just because he has no feeling for them because he he feels so rotten and shitty inside that he thinks that like he doesn't he can't feel for them. All he can feel is his own pain and he needs to externalize that onto other people. And that's why this is happening. And the fact that there are people, the fact that the people who surround him are able to do this too, says the same thing about them. Yeah, the inner workings of his mind are very dark. Like, whatever's going on there right. is like, very how upsetting. how the fuck can you do this? I literally, I don't understand how you can do it. So but- today... First Lady Melania Trump. So we'll just catch up with all what all the Trumps are doing. Uh, she went to McAllen, Texas and made an, an unannounced trip to one of these border facilities because obviously, you know, Melania had kind of made some like wishy-washy statement earlier being like, oh, I, I wish that we weren't doing that. And everyone was like, oh, my God, could her heart be any larger? <laughs> Oh my God. Like, wow, she has come out against the president. And I'm like, she, no, she she didn't. But okay. She, she said that she basically parroted the same bullshit thing that they were saying was she was like, I wish Congress would do something, but like, which again was a lie. So Melania went to one of these facilities today. And, um, here's just a couple things. This I pulled from a CNN article. Um, During the round table, the first lady asked several questions, including how many times the children speak with their families. She was told twice a week, but the official... Not correct. They fucking told her twice a week. But the official noted that there is a process to verify that the persons they are communicating with are their families. I I mean, we have so many stories that prove that's not correct. Most of them have not spoken to their families at all. Maybe some of them have gotten to speak to their families once. Also, some of them are babies. Yeah. So right. there's also that. Are, they, are we putting them on the phone with a baby? Yeah. Like <laughs> what? What is that? They um, don't care. They. So then who's she, changing the baby's diapers? <laughs> who is who's taking care of the kids? I don't know. What if they're breast if they're breastfeeding? What are they being fed? I don't know. She also asked what kind of physical and mental health the children uh, come to the facilities in. And the answer was that they are usually distraught when they arrive. But. When they see the environment, they start relaxing. I'm sure they relax. Yeah, I'm relaxing. sure they're very relaxed. When they see the giant painting of Donald Trump, I'm sure that they're like, oh, I'm relaxed. The only also, thing a they- baby doesn't care about the environment. A baby cares about where the fuck Food. its mom is. Water. Food, mom. water, mom. Where? Shelter. Like the baby doesn't care that there's a TV or that they there's get no a TV. sandwich or that some people get to play soccer. The baby doesn't care about any of that stuff. The baby wants to know where the fuck its mom, mom is. is. Yeah. And until you present the baby with its mom, 
You're not fulfilling its needs. Yeah, I've babysat a baby that was in its own house with all of its nice baby stuff and all of its nice baby toys. And I'm just watching it for an hour. And that baby was flipping the fuck out the whole time because it wants to know where its mom is. Right. So it's in its usual bed. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's at its house and its mom's coming back. So in a minute. Yeah. Like it's in a place that it recognizes very nicely. It has its little blankie. Even if the baby knows you very well, they'll still cry. Yeah. Because they're babies yeah and they're confused so like i mean just a giant no to that like i that shocked me when there was like like the like the to actually try to claim that these children start relaxing when they see how fun yeah. the environment is like i oh, like they with, make they make detention center friends like is yeah, that what like, it and, is and, I, and even even with older kids like i used to work at an after school program and there are kids who would just cry the entire day even though it was just like a nice after school program at the y and they had swimming lessons and stuff because they want to see their parents i cried at camp visiting day till i was like 13 (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) it's like like it doesn't matter i was in camp yeah and that was actually actual summer camp like people cry at actual summer camp all the time because they miss their parents like I mean, it's just so crazy to say like, and they know where their parents are. Yeah. It's, it's just so blatantly insane to be like, Oh, well, once they see how fun it is at the detention center, they feel better. It's like, no. no. Okay. So let's, because we, we, we really feel very, very hopeless about this. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people are feeling this way. I've never, I've honestly like not seen such a reaction to something probably since like the women's march like, yeah like such a strong and every town um yeah. and not every town what? uh march for our lives Park, Park yeah, Parkland. Parkland. yeah yeah so what can we do we have there's there's not mu- that much that we can personally do to the kit for the kids themselves but, but there are there are things, things that we can do um so one and and we have an article on the site right now that's actually i updated it today to reflect the executive order and stuff. And you can go there and find links to all of these things. Um, But one of the places you can donate is a group called act blue. And the thing that's cool about act blue is that you give them your money and they donate it to, they spread it all around to multiple different services at once. So you can kind of ensure that your dollars are going somewhere useful. Cause I know sometimes when I want to donate to things, I'm like, okay, well, what is, where is this going? What is it? So act blue, if you donate to act blue, your money will go to benefit uh, Otro Lado, the Florence Project, NETA, Innovation Law Lab, Fuerza de Valle, the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights, We Belong Together, United We Dream, the Women's Refugee Commission, the ACLU, Kids in Need of Defense, which is kind, Asylum Seeker Advocacy Program, Human Rights First, and uh, La Union de Pueblo Entero. Uh, so that's a really great place to donate. Um, I think one of the places that I've majorly been seeing is the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services or RICES, R-A-I-C-E-S. And that's an organization that helps provide legal support for immigrant families. So I think that's the one where like they will, they'll use your money to put up a bond to get these families out of jail or they'll help provide them with some pro bono legal support. Uh, There's Unlocal, which is a New York based uh, immigration legal service that uh, that represents asylum-seeking families, unaccompanied minors, LGBTQ immigrant youth, and other individuals in affirmative and defensive immigration proceedings. So that's just another one where, like, 
they help the parents with their issues and that helps reunite them. Yes, exactly. Basically it's about helping these people get their like legal case together because that's a whole other thing is like, we have these asylum seekers who are trying to claim asylum, which is a legal thing that they should be able to do. And the Trump administration is trying to make that really, really difficult. So these groups provide them with pro bono legal help. I love how they're just like, Oh, you can just claim asylum legally. It's like, you're not letting anyone in. You You just made a policy saying that a week ago. So don't give, us all this bullshit like no. you can just you can just claim asylum legally it's like you already said that you're not taking those people anymore yeah, and so shut the fuck up yeah and like they also have started putting people in jail who claim asylum while their asylum case is going through so it's like it does, it's not that's really because they come in illegally and then but, like, but, but, but they're not it, even it's basically impossible yeah, to get in legally to claim asylum at this point yeah they're so trying to make it impossible they're making it impossible and then telling you to do it so that that's like the way you get around it. And then when it doesn't work, you become a lawbreaker and your case is prosecuted and yes. you're separated from your kids. Um, so a way that if you are listening to this and you live in a border state um, and you want to like actually volunteer somewhere, uh, there's the Texas Civil Rights Project or the Legal Aid Justice Center. And you can like volunteer your actual time there. If you have legal or paralegal experience, speak Spanish, mom, these are two languages that I don't know how to pronounce. Oh, I. It's Q apostrophe. K C H I. Probably. And Kechi. Kiche. I don't know. I don't know. K apostrophe I C H E. Those are the two languages. I'm sure if you speak them, you recognize what I am talking about. Um, and then if you don't, I don't know, get a Duolingo for it. Learn and then go help. Um, and if you live in a border area, you can join that effort. Obviously, call your senators and Congress people. Yeah, there's numbers posted on Instagram like everywhere. It's also yeah. in our, our article. Yeah, you can Google it. Um, you know, tell them not to support the whole situation yeah indefinitely housing families that seems like a bad deal um and move on.org scheduled a rally it's the families belong together rally on june 30th i went on their website today and that rally is still on even in light of trump's executive order yeah because the families are still not together yeah so you can show up and go to a rally you know we all love a rally yes everybody you get, to make, you get to make a sign yeah and and, you get to show up. You take an Instagram. Everyone will know that you went. You yeah. showed up. And that, and that, like, I know it's like, you know, millennials get a lot of shit for like social media activism. And, you know, the truth is that those things matter because when more people are, are thinking about it and putting it in front of you, it changes the way you think about things. Like I was saying earlier, like being at Instagram, if, if I didn't see the, like the migrant situation everywhere, I might not have felt like so strongly about it or I might have been able to be distracted by it. Yeah, like that's the thing is it's like you can use social media to like show what you believe, amplify voices, all that stuff. It's just back it up with action, which going to a rally is is an action. action. It's a right to protest. Yeah, and I have, you know, I have young cousins who like with like who have like conservative parents who follow me on social media and I think about that when I like go to the March for Our Lives and I post or I go to the Women's March and I post like that's going to show up in their feed and they're going to be like, Oh, my cousin has a different point of view. Like, let me like, this is a person I know who is actually doing these things. And like, 
Like, yeah. you know, it could be an example to them. Who knows? It's going to pop true. up in their feed. Um, so those are the things you can do. Yes. Now that we have made it through most of our very disturbing podcast, mm-hmm. we just want to um, go quickly to a quick commercial break and then mm-hmm. we'll be back with one more thing. Hey, sup listeners. It's Brian Russell Smith and Fat Carrie Bradshaw. And if you like need a break from politics, you sh- and but also love talking shit, you should subscribe to the new Betches podcast, Everyone's Gay. Where we'll talk about some political stuff, but mostly... Gay stuff. Gay, gay stuff. Gay One and the same, truly. Yeah, in this America, yes. So you should um, follow us at everyone's gay underscore. Or email us, gay at betches.com. New episodes every Monday. Bye. Okay, we are back with one more thing. Elise, what is your one more thing this week? I am so excited to bring this to you guys. Um, and if you... I'm, I'm about to tell you about a video. So if you want to see the video, we will have it up on our site. When you hear this, you'll be able to click on it. Kirsten Nielsen had the audacity to go to a Mexican restaurant this this week. Like literally she does the press conference where she lies to us about migrant children. And then she's like, you know what? I need a taco. So she, (laughs) she goes to a Mexican restaurant and activists from the Metro DC DSA and the it's like the international workers of the world showed up and they literally booed her out of the restaurant. She's sitting there trying to eat her guac or whatever at a restaurant that no doubt has immigrants working oh, for sure. as, in the, as the kitchen staff, like, come on. And they literally surrounded her and started yelling shame, like game of yeah. Thrones level and, until I she good. was forced to leave. And I loved it. Me too. She, and then, she deserves that and so much more. Uh, she deserves to honestly never have a peaceful meal ever again. She deserves to suffer in her mind so deeply yeah. that I don't even think any physical action could necessarily inflict what I want her to feel. Like I did not feel one ounce of bad for her nope. at all watching her have to like awkwardly sit there. And she is also having dinner with someone else. I don't know who the other person is, but it's like, dude, that's what you get for fucking going to dinner with Kirsten Nielsen, whoever yeah. you are. I'd like, so, oh, I would never ever be seen with her. I know. I know it wasn't like a hinge date, but I like to imagine that it was like a date. And oh then like, and, and then he's like, what up. was that about? And she's like, oh, nothing. It's just, it's nothing. And, and, he he, and he's like, and then he's like, so were you thinking of having kids? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, what, the, like, what kind of adventures do you like? Uh, but white people adventure. <laughs> but I, it like, literally I was surprised by it goes on for so long. Like when I watched yeah. the first video, I was like, okay, well, sh- for, sh- surely she's going to get the fuck up and like leave immediately. But no, she sits there for like a long time and they get so intense and they're like literally yelling shame. They're chanting things at her. They're like, and one woman at one point is like at a Mexican restaurant. What like you have such audacity, like they're calling her out so hard and then she eventually has to leave. And honestly, it's a great video and we're going to put it up on the site. Do you think she sits out on the check? I wonder. Do you think Kirsten Nielsen tips? No, no. She's like, you're brown. You don't yeah. get a tip. She's like, here's a tip. Go back to your country. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's worth a lot more there. Okay, my one more thing is amazing news that I saw actually mm-hmm. while I was on the plane home last night. Michael Bloomberg is spending eighty million dollars of his own cold hard cash to throw behind Democrats in the midterms. I'm so excited about it, and he may even run in 2020. Please let him run. I don't want him to do that. I don't. I like. He's Why? a Republican. I don't care. I do. I, I told you I will let anyone be fucking president. I mean, yes, I would rather have anyone be president than Donald Trump. Like I would I I definitely think he would be a better president than Donald Trump, but he's definitely not like so in my top 2020 candidates, but I will take his money. I do love his money. 
he's he's one of my tops. I I literally I cannot. I will take anyone as you I know. Just, I'm so old. How old is he? I don't know. Not older than Bernie. He probably is the same age as Bernie. Well, and I don't Trump want Bernie to run Joe either. Biden. I don't want Joe Biden to do it either. None Look, of them are my tops. Elise, I know you want like a spry looking 36 year old woman. Yeah, so I don't do. we all? I do. I we do. All do. I do. We all do. But I don't see any in the, in the running. Other I'm, than Kirsten Com- Gillibrand. And but Kamala like, Harris. Oh, yeah. There's Kamala also Kamala Harris. Harris. I'll and take if, her. But I don't yeah. know if Elizabeth Warren's going to run, but there's also her. We got a couple of nice lady candidates on the younger side. You know what? But again, anybody, yes, anybody is better than Trump. Anybody. Anybody. Anyone. Okay. okay. Remember last week when there was the North Korea summit? Like that was last fucking week. <laughs> it literally just blew my mind to think about that. Like remember last week when there was the North Korea summit and we like got in a fight with Canada. Remember the picture with Angela Merkel? That happened very recently. Last week. Okay. Whew. Okay. It's hard to breathe. I know. All right, guys, that's the end of our show. Um, until the end of democracy. That happened already. It's already the happened. The show's over. It's over. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing the show anymore. I'm Elise Rounds. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Bye. Bye. Batches.